We begin with a health warning. The Action Figure Blues podcast may contain traces of nuts, punchy hands, and fart smells. Proceed at your own risk. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 113, for the week of Wednesday, the 23rd of April. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. And this episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Sideshow Harley Quinn 1-6 action figure and the Bowen Designs Dracula statue. And our discussion topic is an armchair look at the world of the premium format statue. I'm very well. How are you? I'm very well. It's just the two of us. <laughs> that is. Yeah. That is everybody else the... is busy with uh, spouse birthdays. Happy birthday, Mrs. Josie Muppet. Uh, no surgery. Fourth world internet. Yeah. Get better, Adam, um, <laughs> and get better, Justin's internet. That's right. And uh, John is driving. Yeah, he is. He's in transit. He's in transit. Yeah, to Florida, I want to yeah. say. So it's just you and me. That's right. So Double what have you sexy. been up to? Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, as we record this episode, it is Easter Sunday Eve, mm-hmm. and uh, that means Mrs. Fish Milkshake and myself have been busy doing stuff <laughs> and uh, preparing because the um, the tadpoles are very excited about the uh, imminent arrival of the Easter Bunny. Oh. And it's actually so bizarre because they're just so excited about the concept of the Easter Bunny coming and leaving chocolate. And I couldn't think of anything more terrifying than while I was asleep, this giant freaking <laughs> bunny is creeping around in my house um, without me knowing about it. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's an age thing, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so but uh, life has certainly changed because uh, it was only a, not that long ago that on Easter Saturday I'd probably be having a, a horror movie marathon or some such thing, and instead I'm cutting out little paper templates of um, rabbit's feet to Aww. leave trails all over the house. So, yeah, oh, all together now. Oh, <laughs> that is very cute. <laughs> yeah. So, what have you been up to? I have had a week of holidays because the kids are on holidays, so I took the week off, and I have seen four movies this week. (laughs) Uh, Crazy town. Uh. Saw um, Captain America 2. Hooray. Awesome. Saw uh, the Lego movie. Very nice. Awesome. Saw the Muppets, uh, what is it, Caper or something. That was really fun. And then today we went and saw Amazing Spider-Man 2. Have you seen it? I have not. It is brilliant. Oh, okay. It is brilliant. Mm. I almost want to say perfect. Oh, dear. It, like, I just absolutely loved it. I won't say anything else. That's bizarre because based on the trailers alone, my expectations were so low that I wasn't even going to see it at the movies. I was just going to wait till it comes out oh, on disc. I, I did not have huge expectations, and it, it's really, really good. Wow. Really good. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely worth seeing in the cinema because it is, uh, funny, moving, brilliant action, uh, great acting. Loved it. So you were moved and that was just the opening credits? No, no, no. It was like, there's tears. There, there will be tears. There were tears. I had, I had my two with me. And, uh, you know, if you know the, um, Spider-Man story, then you kind of have a better idea of what might happen. And, uh, I was kind of thinking, hmm, do I tell, do I warn them? Do I not warn them? And I'm like, ah, nah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. So I won't warn them. And I just let them go in cold and deal with it. Yeah, because yeah. that's the kind of parent I am. <laughs> Good on you. So, so were the Scottyettes, were they, um, f- have they seen the first one? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, because, cool, cool. you know, the, the eldest is very into this stuff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the um, the younger is not so much, and, but and is only 10, so is on the edge of, you know, I normally would want to check out movies and make sure they're okay, but she's getting more confident, you know, with yep. this sort of stuff. Um, you know, in contrast, particularly when we went to see uh, Captain America 2, right in front of us there were two ladies with about seven toddlers and babies. Oh, lovely. And I just wanted to knock their heads together like coconuts. <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe, A, you are bad parents for bringing your children to this movie, and B, you are bad people. Yeah. For subjecting us, it brought seven kids who couldn't give a crap about what was happening yep. and had to be taken out. So many times I, I managed to kind of tune them out, but there was a point where I was like getting annoyed. Yeah. Um, and you think it'd be a universal constant now that you actually keep quiet during a movie, but the number of times I actually have to turn around and go, you know, excuse me, are you planning on talking through the entire film? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said that to a couple the other day because they were actually discussing everything that was happening. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, he's going to such and such and such. It's like, really? Really? You got to do this through yeah. the entire film? Yeah. I mean, I don't get, I don't get, uh, I, I, I can, I deal now with the fact that people talk all the way through the trailers. It drives me insane <laughs> um, because to me, like, I'm there to watch them, even if I've seen them before, like, but I just have to deal with that now. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, no, the, um, it really is, it's a different world. And people, but I just, I want, I really wanted to say to these ladies with the kids at the end, like, did you get to see any of the movie? Because you're so busy managing the kids all the time. Like, maybe one of you could have looked after the kids while the other one went and saw the movie and then swap. But well, not I, to mention that a lot of the cinemas now have dedicated mums and bubs sessions. Yeah. But for Captain America too. Mm. There, there, there are dedicated mums and bubs sessions that, that, you know, are specifically set aside for parents mm. who have children to, to expect but they're crying too, and... They're too little to go to the movies. Oh, as in, you know, you still have the appropriate film. Okay, yeah. 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 So, anyway, mm. that's my that's my rant. But look, uh, Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2, um, I, I'm a huge fan of Andrew Garfield as Peter. I think he's awesome, um, and he's brilliant in this film. Sally Field, brilliant. Emma Stone, brilliant. And... Uh, mm. The the concerns that I had about kind of an overcrowding of characters were totally abated. It's yeah. all it's all handled really well. It all makes sense. The guy that plays Harry Osborne, I've never seen him before, but he's a great actor, and uh, it's beautifully filmed. So, I, like, wow, mm. very happy, <laughs> very very happy. You, uh, could, you could sway me. Yeah. Well. 
obviously, you know, your mileage may vary. Everyone's everyone's mm. opinion is different, but I would actually put it up there with Captain America too. As mm. in fact, I was kind of sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, I think I almost like this better than." <gasps> but I love that movie. Gasp. I know, but that's how good it was. I was like, because what what it does have is fantastic humor. There are lots mm. of laughs in this in in Spider Man. Lots of laughs. Um, so you know, it's just yeah, it's it's lovely to be continued. To be continued. Yes. Let me know what you think. And uh, I think we should probably um, do some toy news. What do you reckon? Let's do. Okay, let's do some toy news. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire! And I'm Ted Theodore Logan in concert! And I make them play! Speaker connects to figures and most cassette players to make figures play music! Now on drums, that bodacious barbarian Genghis Khan! Yeah, our new pal from old China! Excellent! Let's rock and roll! Squeezing their legs gets them jamming! Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! Party on, kids! Well, as always, we like to start each episode with a bit of news. It isn't all the news. It's the things that have caught our eye and interested us this week. And starting up, we have, believe it or not, the Hot Toys Amazing Spider-Man 216 scale figure, which uh, I would seriously consider buying after my great cinematic experience today. I'm amazed at how comic accurate it is. Well, that's it. it that, the, the, um, the costume in this film is very comic accurate. They've kind of done away with some of the funky things from the first film, which mm. I, was certain, I was certainly not a fan of that Spidey outfit. Yeah. Um, but, and uh, all the, all of the, um, you know, kind of things that would normally make you go, oh, uh, no. Like, I think it, this could be a really good, just comic accurate one six scale Spidey. Um, mm. And then uh, he has got some great extras too. What he doesn't have is an unmasked head. Um, so the the movie from the first one came with a um, Andrew Garfield head. Um, this one doesn't. No biggie for me because I would never display that. Do you think um, that's a licensing thing? I, I have no idea. Just trying to keep the price down? Well, when you actually have a look at what he comes with, he comes with a fair bit, and there are things that make... He's got a base, a backpack. He's got some kind of other gear that makes... That actually is um, quite a... It looks kind of strange when you haven't seen the film, but when you've seen the film, you kind of mm-hmm. get it. Um, it's... I would say it's light on compared to the first one because the first one came with the unmasked head and kind of like a full civilian gear kind of thing for mm. Peter. Um, but, you know, I, it might be a bit more budget-friendly. I'm not sure. Probably not. What am I saying? <laughs> Going for <laughs> 229 at Sideshow. Um, but it looks extremely poseable and comes with um, some a, a beanie, a scarf, and a... Um, sleeveless parka thing, a backpack, a zillion extra hands, and a bullhorn, which is all very movie appropriate. And uh, that will be uh, – it's up for pre-order now, in fact, so go for it if you want it. Um, I mean, you never know. There might be a deluxe version. It does seem a bit strange to not have the unmasked head. But, yeah, there might, might have been a money-saving thing. Mm. 
Mm, very nice. Yeah, but very nice and something I really might consider. Um, more, more for the fact that it's comic accurate than that I like the film, but the, liking the film definitely helped. Uh, then something that I most certainly will not be considering because I don't like having to sell organs for toys uh, yeah. is um, the Darth Vader life-size vintage monument from Gentle Giant. The the, the uh, oh my gosh! So this is <laughs> going to that next level of you know th- uh, this is a life-size um, version of the uh, original Darth Vader Kenner. Um, figure. So it's digitally scanned from an authentic mint condition three and three quarter action figure and reproduced to a staggering six feet nine inches tall. <laughs> Shipping weight 307 pounds. Ah, boy. That's just the cape. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, this, like, if you were a mad Darth Vader fan, um, then, and extremely rich, then I could definitely see people going nuts for this but if you want it um setting aside shipping you're going to need uh $2400 US this to me seems like the the perfect thing to just sort of stand in the doorway or the front window of your comic <laughs> shop or your, oh, your, yes. your your toy shop like this you know if you if you want to get someone's attention as they're walking past your comic shop having something like this in the window would just do exactly that and I, I think you know as to whether you have it sort of standing in your home cinema you know look i think i'd be more inclined to go for you know a movie accurate one so you know i don't know i just see this as being a fairly limited limited appeal to to fans i guess but then again star wars fans are pretty fanatical so yeah i mean i i think you're right in that if you were going to go to the expense of having something life-size you'd probably be more um, keen on something movie accurate than a toy reproduction. Mm. Um, so, you know, I mean, they're great fun. The, when you, I've seen um, a lot of those, the gentle giant, you know, 12 inch um, uh, versions of these uh, in a couple of the stores around here that, that yeah. sell them. And they're, you know, they're very good and very, yeah. Yeah. You know, very great fun. But, um, you know, they're about, what, $60 a pop, a bit more. Yeah, that's right. You know, that, you know, and even that, to try and collect those would be huge. Um, this is, but I wonder what it's made of, because 307 pounds. It's usually fiberglass. Hmm. That's huge. That's like, that's huge. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not for me. No, not, not, I'll, I'll pass this time around. Yep. Um, still with Gentle Giant, they've also solicited a Shanna the She-Devil statue, and I am also going to put this in the not-for-me category for the simple fact that I don't think it looks very good. <laughs> I'm, I was blown away by the price. Oh, yeah, $404. Whee! Um, so this it's 17 inches tall, so this is a, you know bigger than a Bowen... Statue. That's got a quarter scale. Yeah, yeah, it's very big, uh, and I, I mean, like the concept, I really like the the concept. You know, in terms of the the styling, etc. You know, she's posed, she's killed some sort of um, velociraptor. Yeah, red big dinosaur, and uh, she's holding onto its tongue. Um, but I just think that the uh, head sculpt is. Mm, off. Yeah, it, it, it's it's very realistic in terms yes. of the the female form. Yes, it doesn't have 
that feel of being comic exaggerated. Like it, it looks like they've literally taken a photograph of a, a voluptuous model yeah, exactly. and, and, and scaled it off that yeah. exactly. Like when you just look at that first shot where she's just sort of standing there. And, Thank um, you. That, that, thing, yeah. that that's what I that's my issue with it is that it's kind of just too real and it looks like a model, not like a comic book character. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean the I, I've got the Bowen Shanna, and that is just a beautiful beautiful piece. Um, so, uh, but yeah, and, it's, and yeah. It's, it's expensive for it's a weird yeah. I think it's just missing that Frank Cho wow factor. Yeah. Well, that's what that's, I think the Bowen um, version is really based on the Frank Cho mm. uh, Shanna and does it really nicely. Um, but where's, where's a full size Kazar? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I mean, I know that Bowen has <laughs> said that Bowen, I mean, I think if Bowen gets the, another round, the license, I think that's something that we could expect to see from them. Um, but I kind of thought it was weird that they did a Shanna, a statue before a Kazar. I mean, they've done a Kazar bust, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I my my Shanna is just kind of sitting there, needing needing a friend. Yeah, she's very alone in the collection in terms of like, who else do you pose her with? <laughs> it's right. You need a Zabu as well. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I've been kind of thinking, oh man, do I do I get the because the um, Kazar bust has got Zabu as well. Mm. So I'm like, do I you know do I wait for a statue or I just get the bust and at least so that she doesn't look so like, what's with the jungle chick? <laughs> <It's right>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got my Shanna from um, All-Star Comics a couple of years ago and uh, I park, you know, they're right in the city in Melbourne and I park just down the street and uh, I, I'll never forget that day because when I was leaving, they're like, oh, we don't have any kind of, we don't have a bag or a box big enough for that. And I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, I'm, I'm just parked right down the street. And man, I regretted that because the number of looks that I got <laughs> carrying this big box with a jungle woman picture on it, yes. you know, it was like, yeah, no, I'm really not as weird as you think I am. Um, but anyway, if you want to spend $400 on a model looking Shanna, then that's for you. Um, something that most certainly is for me is the next wave of Avengers Infinite. This is the three and three quarter figures of what used to be uh, Marvel Universe. And there is a series three for 2014 solicited that has got Ares, Deathlock, Cyclops, Ant-Man, Valkyrie, and Omega Red. Um, so this is very exciting. Mm. The Ares and Valkyrie are, uh, we have seen before, um, they were part of a three pack with Thor that never got made. So it's great to see that we're going to see them as singles. Oh, very nice. Yep. Uh, Deathlock's brand new. Um, and I didn't, I'm, I'm, other people mightn't have been surprised by that, but I didn't know that that was coming. Omega Red, we did know was being made. Ant Man, we did know was being made. Um, no pictures. Uh, besides Deathlock and Ares yet, so I'm not sure which Cyclops. Um, I, I just I just want to complain that that Deathlock looks absolutely nothing like the guy in the Mar- Agent, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Uh. I know, they're based on, like, some comic book. I know, it's just yeah. ridiculous. So, I, you know, I'm I'm really happy with... Uh, what has been happening with this line because, you know, it was obviously a worry to kind of lose, um, 
the Marvel Universe tag and it seems to it seemed like it lost a bit of direction and maybe this is still kind of running out figures that they already had but at least they're still coming out well that's exactly right yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great the fact that you know there were figures advertised that people um, clearly wanted and now they're able to get their hands on them you know if they could just translate that strategy to six inch everyone would be happy uh-huh. I do go on I do go on <laughs> and last for me uh, the next in the Kotobukiya Avengers Now uh, one-tenth scale artifact statues is Thor. So he has been uh, solicited and um, looks very uh, kind of like a comic version of the movie costume, I guess. Uh, I'm not feeling this at all. No. I he looks don't. too skinny. The the head and the, particularly the face and then the helmet on top of it, if I had seen that from the neck up, I would just assume it was something from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It doesn't actually look like Thor. You're right. No. that's no. Like, like, I'm not quite sure what they're trying to actually do. Are they? I mean, it's not meant to be Chris Hemsworth, but it's meant to be the, the comic version of I mean I, I just don't know it's kind of like a mishmash of everything he doesn't look that big either he doesn't have no. that sort of huge sort of um you know overpowering look to him he looks quite um quite skinny so yeah it's like they've tried to sort of merge the worlds and uh, haven't quite pulled it off it, it, I mean it is kind of stylistically consistent with um the other statues in this line and it's not really one that besides hulk which i um i'll talk about later but the it, i'm not really up with the whole styling so it's probably just a mm-hmm. kind of not for me stylistic thing yeah yeah but like you know you look at the um the rest of them like black widow etc and i mean you know they're they're good looking but it's a kind of particular sort of almost anime-ish style that's similar to the um dc ones in terms of you know, it's the same scale and same kind of idea but i'm i'm liking the dc ones a lot better than i'm liking the marvel ones for some reason if i was committing to this line i'd be a bit nervous about the fact that they've said that it's one tenth scale and then they said that it stands nearly eight and a half inches tall i'm wondering if that's to the top of the wings on his helmet because that implies that it's 86 inches tall and um uh-uh. That would make him about nine feet tall. Um. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe he is taller. Maybe maybe some of the uh, lack of, you know, like not, not feeling very impressed by it is partly because you're not seeing it in scale with the other figures. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he is significantly taller than, um, you know, Cap and, I mean, the, mm. yeah, so we haven't seen an Iron Man yet. The... We haven't seen an Iron Man um, solicited in this yet. I think he's the last one. And that would have to have you nervous because there's so many different uh, armors they can pick from. Yeah. Hmm. Time will tell. Indeed. All right. Well, that is news from me. How about news from you? News from me. Well, the latest in the, hey, here's a sneak peek at something we're producing. Oh, here's the solicitation for it. Um, department from Sideshow is the Jean Grey premium format statue. Uh, this one completely snuck up on me. I was completely unaware that yeah. they were making this. We haven't seen any uh, sneak peeks in the past. Every now and then, Sideshow producer a bit of a you know here's a, a a bit of a look at what we're up to in the studio. And you know if you can 
you know, freeze frame here and there, you get a bit of an idea of some of the things that um, are currently in the works. But this one quite literally came out of nowhere. And Sideshow do this quite often. They, they send you an email to say, hey, you know, here's something that's coming soon. And then less than a week later, there's the full solicitation for it. Um, and you sort of go, oh, okay, well, you know. Uh, but then there's other things that you get sneaks and um, it's months before you see the solicitation. So yeah. Yeah, so this was a bit of an odd one. It just came straight out, and it's um, so anyway. This is Jean Grey as she was portrayed by Jim Lee. So it's in the um, the blue and orange costume. She has uh, alternate portraits: one with her hair tied back in a ponytail, and one with her luscious red locks flowing everywhere. Um, it's in a typical Jean Grey pose. You've got the uh, I'm using my you know mental powers. Um, one thing I think that's a bit odd about some of these these sort of promo shots they, they accompany the solicitations with is um, she's got that sort of traditional sort of gambit-style headdress that wraps around her, her head and leaves her hair exposed. Um, and she's got a bit of a, 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 I don't know, it's a bit of a logo gem jewellery thing on her forehead. And in the promo shots, it's all lit up. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but the first thing I ask is, does this have light-up features? Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem to be, you know, in a couple of other shots, it's it's got that as well. So, you, you you know, you really do stop and go, well, you know, does she actually have light-up bits? If you look at the um, photos uh, on the, the Sideshow site, um, right at the bottom in very tiny print, it says lighting added for effect. Oh, uh, does it? So the answer <laughs> is no, which is daft. Uh, mm, mm. But also, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, look, I think this, I mean, it, it's a, it's a nice-looking piece. They, they've captured the costume well. The colouring looks great. The only thing is she's got a bit of an awkward pose. I think, I think it's very awkward. Yeah, she seems to have this kind of, I'm, my, my. yeah, I don't know. It's hard to describe. She's kind of got a weird leaning twist thing going on. Yeah, although I do think that for whatever reason, sometimes the uh, photography of these premium formats is a bit misleading you know in terms of i remember yeah. thinking that about like spider woman scarlet witch etc and then when you see them in person actually yep it all makes sense and it's just kind of the angle um mm. but uh you know i i know they're obviously working through the all the jim lee stuff but this is really to me an ugly costume um mm. that i have absolutely no i mean i'm not i'm not you know i i got rid of my Marvel premium format ladies and, um, <clears throat> you know, no regrets because I like eating and having fences and things. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I would buy, I would have bought this if I was still collecting them, yeah. but, um, I'd have, I've got no love for this costume at all. I think it's ugly. Yeah. I've never been a huge fan of that particular costume. And I mean, I, you know, once I had looked through the additional photos, I thought, you know, it, it's actually, it's not a bad looking statue in terms of the finish. But it's not one that I immediately went, yeah, I must pre-order this. Um, there's no sort of, it looks like the exclusive is, it is what it is. It doesn't look like there are two versions of the statue. It's just a single version that comes with the two portraits. So it's the sort of thing that you don't feel the need to rush out and, and No, pre-order. the exclusive is the ponytail portrait. Oh, it is, isn't it? It is. No, yeah, well, that's okay because that's the head I like the least. Oh, know? really? Mm. I actually like that one better. I mean, because mm. I only because the other one feels i don't know like it's a bit too big or something again yeah, yeah. it might just be the photography but she looks i think that the pose looks 
less awkward. Uh, uh, it depends. Yeah, look, I've got I've got the majority of the um, the X Men premium format statues, and Jean Grey wasn't particularly high on my list. Yeah. Um, so this is one that I'll, I'll definitely you know if I can find it for a good price down the road. Um, because someone's selling off the collection, yep, I'll pick it up. But I, yep. I don't think my collection will be uh, incomplete if I don't get it. So. No, no. But I mean, I think it's uh, certainly one that a lot of people have asked for. And for those people that you know, the Jim Lee era X Men are their X Men, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, it's very exciting and good on them. Yeah, good on them. All right, well, moving on to my next piece, and uh, we're still in the sideshow department, and we're going to be talking about this in our discussion topic, but we have had a sneak peek of the Poison Ivy Green with Envy premium format figure. Yeah, okay, where do we start? Okay, let's just start by saying that this is the previously available um, Poison Ivy sideshow premium format statue sculpted by the very talented Mark Newman. Um, We love Mark, we love Mark's work, we love this statue. Now, Sideshow have solicited this statue again, only the changes they've made include um, changing the skin tone from flesh to green. Now, um, different people have different opinions about Poison Ivy, um, but I I think, you know, I I prefer the flesh tone, so I'm happy with the one that I've got. Um, But this really just, you know, and we'll talk about this in the discussion topic, but this really reeks to me because if you're a big fan of DC and you're a big fan of the statues and you started collecting this line and you picked up that Poison Ivy statue and you went, gosh, you know, if only her skin was green because I prefer (laughs) her with green skin. Exactly. You'd be pretty darn pissed right about now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I prefer the uh, regular skin tone Poison Ivy, but when I look at this and I kind of look at my, um, you know, display so far of premium formats, I, I would, if I had had to choose, oh, I probably would have chosen the flesh tone, but there's a lot of flesh. Mm. And, you know, I've, I've always had an issue with what I feel is the really unnecessary bare um, belly and, and midriff on that statue, um, which just, you know, takes it kind of over the top in terms of, you know, what I'm comfortably allowed to display. And the green probably would have mitigated that a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, this is, and obviously we don't want to tread too much in our, in our discussion topic, um, but this is just a kind of great example of some, yeah, variants and timing of them, etc. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see just how much of a difference there is with the original version. I mean, it's not just a skin tone. I noticed with the original, her lips are sort of pinky red, but uh, with this one, she's now got green lip lip color. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if the costume um, is a different shade of green. That's going to be just yeah. I I mean, hmm. I'm not sure about that, but I mean, I'm expecting it's just going to be a straight out repaint. I don't think there's going to be any. No, no. You know, other, which is. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Keeping uh, on in the, the sideshow department, have we got any uh, Funko news this week? I don't think we do. Oh my gosh. Oh. Our friends at Funko, what have we done? Oh, Please still be our friends. Mm. All right. There well, probably yeah. was, I'm sure there was some Funko news because they solicit a zillion things a, a, a week, don't they? 
Yeah, it's right. surely. <laughs> you, I'll, I'll search the um, the uh, solicitations at Big Bird Toy Store while you um, all right. Do your next list of yeah. All right. Well, keeping on with the hey, we're about to solicit a whole bunch of really expensive stuff. Get your wallets ready. Uh, uh, Sideshow announced that they were doing a new series of premium format Hulk statues, <laughs> and uh, it was only just a few weeks ago they solicited the Red Hulk statue, and we've had a sneak peek this week of the regular green skinned Hulk. And uh, so, if we've had the the the, the teas this week, then you can almost guarantee that um, probably Thursday the twenty fourth, because they tend to do Thursdays, um, they'll have the uh, they'll have the full solicitation up. Now, I tell you what, if you're a Hulk fan and you decided to get um, all of these statues, you'd be pretty darn peeved about now because having three statues that are basically just repaints with different heads um, come out a matter of weeks apart, retailing for $550. Aye, aye, aye. It's, um, anyway. So, so this, this is, it, this is I, I haven't really paid much attention to the Red Hulk one. This is, looks like it's a similar. It's the exact same statue in terms of the, from the oh. neck down. Um, they just have different coloured pants and different heads. Uh, possibly different bases, but the, the sculpt is effectively, uh, is essentially the same sculpt. It's just different skin tones. So um, the Red Hulk had swap-out portraits, so I'm expecting the Green Hulk will have swap-out portraits, uh, and I'm really hoping it does because the one they've shown in the preview is not selling me. Um, these guys are going for $550, and uh, being premium format, that means they're going to be gigantic. But I just that, that, fa- that head is just not doing it for me. Um, I don't know whether it's because I've been spoiled by the the recent Sal Buscema Bowen <laughs> Hulk, which I think just sort of nailed that sort of classic 70s and 80s feel to the character. Yeah. Um, but this one, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I don't mind it. I mean, it's very stylized, but... It is. I, I just, that head just doesn't scream a particular Hulk era no, for no, me. No, you're I, right. You, you know, just sort of look at it and go, oh, that's Sal Buscema, that's Dale Keown, that's John Byrne. Yeah. Um, I would hope that there would be a, a swap out because mm. this is um, I, uh, like I, I'm very inclined to order this um, just because it's Hulk and it's a premium format figure. And obviously the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the previous ones are just beyond my reach and um, I love Hulk. So Yeah. Look, I think if that, if that face was colored gray, you would say it was Todd McFarlane. You know, it was, hmm. it was inspired by Todd McFarlane. But anyway, um, you know, I'm still expecting it to be a, an amazing piece when we see the, the full solicitation. So that'll probably be uh, next week. And yep. Keep an eye out for that one. Could be more poor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and in some very sad news this week, uh, Toy Nami, who have had the Futurama license for some time now, announced that um, they are actually wrapping up their relationship with um, 20th Century Fox in terms of the the Futurama license. So things are coming to an end. Mm. Um, They were trying to get a bit of life back in the line. There was talk about the um, Morbo figure, our our favourite newsreader, and it looks like that's not going to go ahead, so we're not going to get a Morbo figure now. Um, 
that's really quite disappointing because it was one of my favourite lines. Um, you know, I've got every figure that they did and uh, I, I was really enjoying it. And it was, it was sort of getting to the point where they'd obviously done the main cast and some of the variants. And, I mean, I, I would have been happy with some of those, you know, odd spin-offs like, you know, Leela's parents. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, just a bit bit sad to sort of see that ending. And I guess it's, you know, how people felt when, you know, the Muppets line finished up. And yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not hugely familiar with this property um, because I I have not been a regular viewer of the show, etc. Um, but I I certainly know the the line. So are they? Um, how long have they been making them? Oh gosh, long time now. Um, I can't even remember when the first series came out. It's a, a long time. Um, yeah, and, and and they managed to expand it out into a, a few variants. Like they did, um, they did the regular sized figures, and they did a deluxe um, Destructor, you know, the giant um, wrestling robot, etc. And yeah, I don't know, a bit of a sad one to to say goodbye to. But I don't think we've had a new figure for quite some time. So no. yeah, it said did actually they did mention something about. Uh, mum, 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 I think they said any products currently in production will be completed and continue to be sold until the end of the year. So I don't know whether that means they've got a few things in the works or whether that means that just, you know, whatever figures um, they, they still have stock of will be, you know, sold through. So huh. anyway, thanks for the memories. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a sad one. Yeah. Um, my last You're not going to leave news. us with that, are you? No, no. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, my last bit of news is a bit of a semi-rant, but um, uh, Entertainment Earth have solicited the Star Wars Black 6-inch Wave 4 case. And as we know, a wave consists of four figures. <laughs> and we were a bit surprised by the last wave in that they decided to um, re-solicit Han Solo as part of the wave. So we only got three new figures and uh, a redo of Han Solo. And, you know, it's quite frustrating when you, you go to someone like, you know, Mike S, who, who just does such a... Um, you know, he just looks after us so well, and you say to Mike, hey, Mike, you know, uh, and I've been picking up Wave 1, Wave 2, but in Wave 3, you know, I really don't need that extra hand solo. And so yeah. you've know, you got to feel for people like Mike who are clearly just going to get stuck with all these extra hand solos. Yeah. So then they go and solicit Wave 4, which turns out to be um, we've got a what looks like Episode 3 Anakin Skywalker with um, Swap Out Head. Um, we've got a clone trooper, so that's just the sort of the fairly basic black and white clone trooper without sort of any uh, major detailing. And the remaining two figures are Boba Fett and the stormtrooper. Now, yeah, look, I'm I'm kind of okay with the idea of the stormtrooper. Yeah, uh, but Boba Fett, really? Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head right now. You, you, you can't see me scratching my head, but I'm, this is really bizarre. Like reissuing two figures. Um, I, you know, I was buying the, the the one figure being reissued, like Han Solo. Um, I, I could have bought the fact that a stormtrooper would be reissued in this wave with three new figures, but to have two new figures and two reissues. Um, yeah, the, the stormtrooper. I can. I'm okay with yeah, because yeah. you know it's an army building thing and etc. But I I feel like 
uh, you know, exactly what we said last week when we talked about wave three, that there is some major loss of momentum happening here mm. with this line that just makes you kind of think, so where is this going? And maybe, you know, there are behind the scenes reasons why this has happened, but surely this couldn't have been the plan. I just, you know, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This this was a perfect opportunity to just throw in one of those, um, you know, WTF characters that people just go, you know what, that's friggin' awesome. I was yes. really looking forward to getting one of the guys from the cantina. <laughs> Um, yeah. One of the, you know, one of the characters from Jabba's Palace. Yep. You know, one of the the, the guys on the skiff, like Weequay or someone like that. Yep. Like this was just a throw us, you know, you you were working on getting us the major characters, Han and Leia and Luke and Natu and that sort of thing. You know, it just would have been awesome to just see a curveball, you know, oddball character from somewhere. Um, so, you know, to get to, to, you know, I mean, you'd have to wonder whether retailers are just going to start going, oh, and, and, and you know, they're no, going to they feel that. Notice. They're going to feel that loss of momentum, aren't they? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know because obviously they don't pay attention to uh, character assortments in the way that we do. And mm. I would think that you're, I, I guess the reissue characters put the stormtrooper aside because that's an army builder and a, you know, evergreen thing. You know, the reissue characters are, are ones that are likely to, to sell. Um, but you would have to think that, um, you know, th- there's a saturation point for them. Mm. Um, you know, it's not like they're reissuing slave Leah or, you know, something that's still sitting on the pegs. Yeah. Um, so, but it just, I just don't understand like, you know, in terms of yeah. how a wave works and w- I-, I can't imagine that this is, this is something that was planned out as, oh, we're going to start with four figures and we'll do two ways of four figures and then we'll do one of three and then we'll do two. Like I just, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's just such a double-edged sword because on the one hand, it's like, oh, great. That means that there's going to be all these clone troopers and stormtroopers on the pegs and, you know, I can army build. But it also means that as a universe builder, I'm only going to be adding two new characters to my universe. Yeah. You know, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm another wave away from getting, you know, uh, um, you know, a walrus man or something, <laughs> like a babber or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll just, uh, it's times like this. You just want to, you know, you need an ask Maddie version of Hasbro. Mm, well, a, a useful ask Maddie with actual answers. <laughs> yeah. Not, not That's a, right. yeah. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> but I understand what you mean. <laughs> but anyway, we, we'll see. Um, we you know, we will we, see. When we get to Wave 7, we, we might look back and go, hey, remember Wave 4, how that was really dodgy? Yeah, exactly. they, they, they made up for that. That's right. You know, the bad old days. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yes. So that's it from me. Uh, good on you, Juan. That's it for the news. So good for us. And uh, we're going to hand over to our good friend John for the next installment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. It's Engineer Nerd back with another thrilling installment of Name That. When last I left you, we heard this mysterious sound. Now you can get a free allegiance ring. It changes. Just like in the movie. Send in two proofs of purchase from any toys for your free hologram ring. Well, if you think you knew what evil lurked in the heart of that Name That clip and guessed it was a mail-away shadow ring, you'd be correct. You could send in your proofs of purchase and get a hologram shadow ring. Um, And I don't have one, but it'd be cool. 
So maybe I'll have to look for one one of these days. Anyway, we will move on to this week's sound, and we will play it right here. He glows in the dark. He's specially armed, and he's free. Free with three groups of purchase from any... And one time is never enough, so we'll play it one more time. He glows in the dark. He's specially armed, and he's free. Free with three groups of purchase from any... Do you think you have what it takes to identify that sound? Hmm. Well, if you do, come on over to AFBforum.com. That's AFBforum.com. The friendliest toy forums on the web. And I really do mean that. So come on over there. If you get right, we'll give you a point. And if you get enough points, you can save money on um, car insurance at AFB Tower. So come on over and uh, try that out. And if you'd rather play the uh, picture version, come on over to TVandFilmToys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays where we play the picture version. And you can still guess on AFB and get four points. So more saving, more doing. That's the power of Name That. This is Engineer Nerd saying peace out. in the hearts of men. <laughs> the Shadow knows. The evil Khan calls on his fiendish friend, Dr. Makino. But Ninja Shadow, with blazing eyes, has the power to stop them. Makino and Khan take off. Ninja Shadow chases them in his mirage, each sold separately. Will they get away? Who knows? <laughs> the Shadow knows. Now you can get a free Shadow Agents ring. It changes. Just like in the movie. Send in two proofs of purchase for many Shadow toys for your free Shadow hologram ring. Wow. The Shadow knows. We have two toys of the week for you this week, and Ben's Toy of the Week is first up, so I will hand over to you, Ben. Thank you very much. Tonight I'm going to be talking about the Bowen Designs Dracula. Now, Bowen Designs Dracula, uh, it's just called Dracula, uh, but it is actually the Tomb of Dracula because this uh, particular interpretation of Dracula is taken straight from the Marvel comic book. Um, it's one that I have a lot of affinity for. Um, I've got an entire run of Tomb Affinity as in you are also a vampire or yeah, that's 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 something right. that you wanted to share with us like <laughs> uh i i can empathize with him <laughs> because anyway. you're also a bloodsucker i get it all right that's i'm with you i'm exactly. with you exactly yeah, got it um oh, look i loved this comic when i was a kid and uh if you've never read it it really is worth picking up one of the essentials or something like that because um it's it's, it's one of the best non-superhero comics that have ever been done gene Collins' art uh was just astonishing it really was um a great read so it was uh awesome to see randy give this character some love this is actually sculpted by Randy himself. Um, it came out in September 2013 and was limited to just 500. Uh, thanks to the very good folks um, like Al over at Statue Marvels, I managed to get mine uh, through them because it was... Um, quite limited and because i pre-ordered through those guys mine actually has uh, a signature by randy bowen wow and um yeah i was actually quite pleased because a, a lot of the guys did actually get uh signed editions of the statue and so it's got randy's signature but i was even more blown away when i um had a look at my base and not only was it signed by randy but it actually had a sketch of um of dracula on the bottom of it as well in silver pens so. yeah i love when he does that like yeah. it's so cool so i was uh i was giggling like a schoolgirl and 
<laughs> uh, lucky oh, almost. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have. Yeah. So, look, this is uh, limited to just 500 pieces. Mine's 203. I don't think the numbering has any particular bearing on whether it was signed or not because I've seen other people with um, single digits who have signed editions. Um, this guy came out at 275 US dollars, um, which is about sort of the standard now for one of the bigger, uh, more complex Bowen statues. Um, look, you know, as far as packaging goes, if you've seen one Bowen box, you've seen them all. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been pretty consistent for a while now. They feature some um, pretty good graphics, uh, photo of the statue itself. Um, that's sort of same font that he uses. He's also very good to his sculptors and gives them full credit on the box. Um, and so within lies the typical styrofoam tray. Um, the one thing you notice about this one when you open it up is um, it, it seems very awkward because it's actually in two pieces uh, plus the base, and that is you get the body, which is um, the pose is this kind of, uh, I guess it's this sort of long, thin, tall man standing with his feet together with one arm outstretched and, uh, you know, the cloak flapping around him. And so you've got this long, thin body, but then you've got this head attached to this huge flowing cape as a separate piece. Um, and so that just sort of clicks into the top and then, it, you know, um, you stick the feet into the base. So it looks quite awkward when you open it up. And uh, as far as collector-friendly, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's all neatly uh, fitting into the styrofoam box and, and there isn't any sort of complex way of putting it back. In terms of the sculpt, this is perfection if you are a fan of the Gene Colan Tomb of Dracula. Um, clearly, that has been the inspiration for Randy Sculpt. He, he hasn't tried to do his own spin on the piece. He, he has... Um, just taken that that signature colon Dracula and done a 3D rendering of it. It is uh, just superb. Uh, in, in terms of the colour choices, really, the... the there's not a, a whole lot to do here. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's mostly black. The inside of his cloak is kind of a crimson. Um, but there's a lot of really subtle work done on things like his face. He's got that really sort of uh, pasty, undead feel to the face. He's got bloodshot eyes. Um, the teeth are very nicely done um, with some um, shading in between. Now, as I said, the inside of the cloak being crimson has just sort of that beautiful airbrushing that Bowen is known for. Now, the, the black... Um, uh, suit that he's wearing has some uh, very nice highlights that just sort of bring out um, some of the uh, the high points um, a, a bit of a sort of a dry brush the the base is very very nicely done there's a lot of detail going on there's tombstones there's skulls there's um there's a glove which a lot of people probably just sort of shake their head at but that actually um is a, a reference to one of the issues where dracula fought this um corpse Oh, wow. And um, one of the things that I think is just a, a beautiful note, and, and, and I guess it um, just goes to show that when you're sculpting the piece and you own the company, you can do things like this. But on the back of the tombstone uh, are the letters IV and then underneath Gene. And, of course, you soon realise that the IV is actually Roman numerals for four. And so it says for Gene on the back of the tombstone. Uh-huh. So that was a, a nice little tribute to Gene. Unfortunately, Gene actually passed away in 2011. So at the age of um, 84, so he would have never um, had the chance to to see the piece. But um, this is a, a really nice little, um, yeah, homage to that man. Um, well, 
in, in terms of the actual paint apps, they're beautiful. Um, Bowen's had a few uh, shortcomings here and there with some of their statues, but this one is just gorgeous. There's virtually no slop anywhere. Um, the, the face, the hairline, everything is really, really nicely done. Uh, there's zero articulation. As I mentioned, the head and cloak are actually um, a, a separate piece to, to the body. The... One major criticism I have of this piece is the base. Um, the base is way too small uh, for, for the statue. This statue is big. Uh, a lot of people sort of, you know, you sort of go, oh, okay, you know, Dracula's a big guy, but no, this is a big piece to the top of the cloak. He's actually 16 inches or 40 centimetres. Um, there were a lot of um, complaints and a lot of discussion when this piece came out because it is so big. Um, Randy said during the uh, when we saw a prototype, he said, "Oh, don't worry, there'll be some shrinkage." Um, wow. He also he also said that black figures tend to look quite small next to more colourful characters, so that's why they went for something a little bigger. But this piece is just big, and when I say big, he he towers over every other Bowen statue that I've got. He towers over Power Man, who, who's quite a big statue. Wow. Um, and in, he makes some of the smaller statues look tiny, and it it it, it is disappointing in those terms um if you are standing him with the rest of your marvel collection he looks odd uh because he is so big if it was true sort of um one-eighth scale then he'd probably be eight feet tall um and originally when i was taking him out and setting him up i was I guess I was a little bit disappointed. I thought I don't understand how Randy sort of got it so wrong. But now that Randy has committed to getting us the Frankenstein's monster character, sort of that, that classic sort of Mike Plug with the um, the woolen vest, and I, I presume then that um, Werewolf by Night is not far behind, I thought that's a, a perfect opportunity to create, I guess, a you know, a new shelf for your collection. I think those characters will look fantastic together and, and therefore don't sort of have any any real need to sort of be displayed with the rest of your Marvel universe. If you've got the uh, the Man-Thing statue, you know, you'd probably want to throw him in there as well. So, um, you know, I, I've... Assuming I've, that it is in the same scale. Well, he's hoping. Uh, I have seen um, a photo of the two of them together and Frankenstein is gigantic. Okay. Um, he's... he's bigger again so um i am actually getting frankenstein i've pre-ordered mine again through such statue marvels and i'm just waiting for my shipping notifications so uh, i'm sure i can revisit that later on so yeah i calmed down a little bit on the size thing and now i'm i'm not that concerned um but the base thing really is an issue because the the base is so small it's oval in shape and because it is so small um the statue is top heavy and it, it really does have a bit of a balance problem and what contributes to that is the um bowen uh puts those little sort of soft rubber feet on the bases so that you can actually stand them on your you know your your entertainment unit or something like that but and what they've actually done is is put four of these feet, and if you were looking down at the base as a, as if it were a clock, they would be at the sort of the ten to four and eight, um, you know, part of the the clock, and that just sort of contributes to the wobbliness. And what they should have done is put them at sort of twelve, three, six, and nine, and, and that would have sort of prevented a bit of um, 
the the wobbliness and and I was actually quite concerned. I was I was thinking about adding a couple of extra little feet to the bottom to try and stabilise it a bit more. Um, I mean, it's not bad. It's not like you know a gust of wind would knock it over, but I think you know if you did brush against it, you, you'd certainly be um, a bit on the nervous side. Uh, I'm lucky enough that I can actually display mine in a display case behind a glass door. Um, so once he's in there, he's fine. But um, for those people who just sort of have them sitting on top of a detail for something like that, you'd, you'd really want to be cautious about it. Oh. But um, sorry, yeah, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. So so that's that's quite a disappointment. I think you know, given the history of Bowen and how professional they are, I, I think that's a bit of an oversight. Uh, and I think someone should have sort of you know should should have picked that up in the the prototyping stage i think so but the rest of it is just so freaking awesome it's really hard to sort of pull it back from there so um i, I love it I'm, I'm so glad i got this it's uh, a really a fantastic tribute to uh, a, a great comic book and a great um a great artist so uh, as far as a dolly rating i'm going to give it nine out of ten okay fair enough so that the um size issue and base issue uh, doesn't knock off major points. No, I'm taking one point off for the base and the size thing. Um, after a little bit of arming yeah, and ahhing as to whether it was too big, I'm quite, I'm quite <laughs> fine with um, how big it is now. Good. Fantastic. Well, that wraps up our first toy of the week for this episode. We'll be right back in a moment to discuss the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Dragon Ball Z, the saga continues. Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks' Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the fight. But wait, it's evil Freeza. The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of their life, but you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it, each soul separately. Well, we're all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. Uh, hmm, um, Scott, why don't you go first? Oh, gee, I was hoping you'd choose someone else for us. But, uh, <laughs> hmm. Well, I these Marvel Mystery Minis are going to kill me. <laughs> going to kill me because it's not like, you know, with the scribble nuts thing, I'm getting around my addiction, addiction by just buying the case because you get one of each. We get more than one of each, but you, do, you get at least one of each. There's no kind of chasey things. And then I'll just sell the rest on eBay. But I can't do that with these because the pack hats are a little bit different and there's kind of chase varianties, etc. Anyway, I've only got four so far. I got two new ones this week and they were, uh, Green Goblin, which is cool, and the Punisher, which is just <laughs> hilarious. Like it's, <laughs> it's just oh my gosh, these are so well done. They're so well done. Like the little sculpted noses, but then the rest of it is decal. But it's just oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but I don't. I actually was doing a bit of looking this week to see if they have announced a next a second wave of these, and I can't see it. So I don't want to get too. Um, invested in these if it's a one-off mm. um i mean i can't imagine that it would be but like in with scribble nuts we know what the next kind of you know th- there's four waves we know so far and stacks of characters so it's kind of worth investing in um but anyway these are cute and fun 
<laughs> yep. Um, I also managed to find just by chance, I was, um, in the city, uh, at Minotaur and saw the, uh, flash from the Play Arts Kai DC variant series, which I had, um, on pre-order at Big Bad. And so I hastily checked and made sure it hadn't switched over to order. And, uh, cause I've been caught out like that before where I think, oh, great, I'll get this and then I'll just cancel mm-hmm. my big bad one. And then that, uh, like, it's like that instant I get the confirmation email. Like, no. Um, <laughs> so I canceled mine. I mean, the great thing about big bad is you can go in and just, um, you know, you have change your order status until it's actually an order. You haven't paid anything. So, um, it's good. So save some shipping on that and it's, cool i'm really enjoying this line of funky things um and then i pre-ordered the premium format for <laughs> when i saw the hulk i was like oh man so i'm not doing the whole marvel completest thing like i am with the dcs i don't have room money blah 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 but I'm like you know a nice kind of just premium format set of you know cap uh iron man and you have to think if they're doing um a new Thor, doing a new um, you know, comic Hulk, not movie Hulk, that ho- hopefully a Captain America and Iron Man will come around eventually. Well, I'm worried that the recent Captain America premium format is, is it for a while. I mean, we've been waiting for so long, and they did that one recently that just didn't float my boat. Well, it was a movie one, wasn't it? No, no, it was a, a comic one, but it was just really inspired by, you know, the whole Ultimates slash movie slash mm. now. So, you know, he's wearing the, the sort of the helmeted head rather than the masked head. and Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I can wait. <clears throat> like, it's good. If, if it's spread it out, it's good because Thor and Hulk, yikes. Um, yep. yep. So, but, you know, I just thought, well, I can have, I've got room for I've got room for a few of those, you know, for the, for the really big, the big hitters. And, yeah. you know, I'm not going to get, I've missed the boat on the, the first ones. I'd be really kicking myself to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, FlexPay. <laughs> thank you, the fact that I have a good job. <laughs> yes, FlexPay. And let's talk about that later, shall we? <laughs> yes, we shall. Um, and, oh, I mean, I pre ordered the, that, uh, new, Avengers Infinite wave of, of three and three quarter figures as well. Yeah, very nice. And you, sir? Uh, I, I was quite lucky and uh, I just happened to be hunting eBay and searching for the next of the um, Funko Pop Vinyl Stan Lee figures. There are five convention exclusive ones where uh, it's effectively the same figure, but he's just um, dressed differently and his T-shirt says something different. Um, next to no information on the internet, uh, the company that sort of put it together who are called um, convention exclusives are next to useless um <laughs> there's not even a list of the figures on their website um i typed in stanley uh on their website and the number one uh, ranked uh, um item in their search results was a, a NECA alien figure 
Um, so that was you know, quite disappointing. Um, so I just happened to, I've been buying them individually and keeping an eye out. Obviously, people are attending the shows and picking them up and then selling them. Some people were um, selling them as pre-orders. And uh, at the time that I was looking, the fifth and final show had only just happened. Uh, doing a search in eBay and I found someone who was actually selling the fourth and fifth one together. Hurrah! Um, one quick email later in regards to um, sending them first class and uh, I actually managed to get both of them shipped for a very, very reasonable price and because I bought them together, they were also um, the, the they were actually con- considerably cheaper and, um, yeah, so I've now collected the five of five and um, I'm quite pleased. <laughs> Good on so, you. Yeah, and if you want to see a photo of them all together, um, the stand crew, just go over to the AFB Facebook page where I put up a um, little pic of them. And they all have the number one on there. They do. They've got the exact same box with the exact same convention exclusive sticker on the front. So, yeah, thank, thanks for going to that effort. <laughs> I just can't believe that your um, CDO can cope with this. Uh, it can't. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm in therapy, but uh, <laughs> I'm getting custom stickers made as we speak. So, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, and I was a bit concerned about being able to get them um, being exclusives and having to rely on buying them from people who are at the shows and, you know, the obvious gouging that goes with it. But oh. um, the, the very first one I, I paid a lot for, and uh, that is actually now the hardest one to get. And last time I looked, there weren't um, there wasn't a single one on eBay for sale. So I'm glad I got it when I did. Well, well, I don't think we have anything else to report, so coming up next is our second Toy of the Week. It's a Fembot, new from Kenner. And Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. I'm Jamie Summers. Oh, no, you're not. I am. You're a Fembot. Your paralyzer gave you away. She's unmasked me. Now I have to disguise myself as a mystery baby. No one will recognize me. Not even Jamie. Ha-ha! Fembot comes with everything seen here. Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. Well, continuing on with our feature segments, we've had our first toy of the week, and now we're going to give it another go around. And, Scott, you're going to talk to us about something. I sure am. And the something that I am speaking of is the Sideshow Collectibles 1-6 scale Harley Quinn action figure. So I'm sure somewhere along the way when these uh, 1-6 scale... DC figures were announced. I said, oh, they look great, but I won't be collecting them. Ha, 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 ha. And so I've got the Joker and Harley so far, which are the only two that are released. And Harley is the most recent. And uh, I had a <clears throat> pretty much complete set of the DC direct 13-inch figures, mm-hmm. um, which I have now divested myself of besides Aquaman, of course. And these, I can, I can tell you now just from having two of these figures are going to be everything that those should have been. Mm. Yeah. I think the 13 inch thing was a mistake and having now the, the 12 inch version in my hands, I can really, kind of test testify to that you wouldn't think that an inch would make a big difference oh dear that sounds terrible (laughs) what am i talking about said the actress to the bishop (laughs) but it really does all i can say um so just the whole oh my gosh 
Hold it together, man. We're professionals. Okay. The whole proportion and scale is... Uh, <laughs> I can do this. I can do this. The um, the whole proportion and scale of the action figure um, is just different because of the yeah, the, the the scaling, and um, but then it's not just the the scale that is going to make these a cut above. It is just the craftsmanship and inclusions, etc. So I'll I'll start off with the usual. Um, this is from Sideshow Collectibles, of course, released and acquired in 2014. Going for around $200 US, a little bit less, um, without factoring in shipping. The packaging is very collector-friendly. Uh, I reviewed another Sideshow 1-6 s- uh, scale figure last week, which was the Darth Vader, and a very similar idea, really you know, borrowing from the, the Hot Toys world, which is absolutely fine. In the different trays uh, in use, little, you know, nice art inserts, and uh, these are the, f- the first... Um, sideshow one six scale figures that I've owned besides Yoda, and uh, but from what I've read from reviews etc., um, you know Sideshow has really upped its game in terms of the quality of their their packaging, and uh, it's really beautifully done. There are two different trays uh, in this. One is the figure, and she comes with an extra head. Um, and then the second is the base and all of the accessories, and it will all fit together again very nicely if you needed to pack her up. The um, the figure itself is uh, about eleven and a half inches tall, so it's in that you know that one six scale. It is really beautifully done. I I have to say that, it, and I'm not the biggest Harley Quinn fan. Like she's not, uh, you know, I I kind of don't get. A lot of the, I, I understand how um, uh, good looking she is. Yeah, you know, like in terms of just like the the, she's very toyetic. I hate that word, um, but uh, you know, it's not. She's not my favorite character by any means. But um, gosh, she makes a good toy. <laughs> she just makes a good toy, yeah. and uh, I, I'm just absolutely loving this um, toy right now. I've got to tell you, um, but a uh, bit of a love hate relationship with a couple of aspects of it, which I'll talk about shortly. The one of the first things that I noticed was how much I liked the two different heads that she comes with. Um, there is a just a, a smiling head with a toothy grin, and then there is another head where she is um, winking and kind of pressing her lips, which is so cute. And that's the one I'm going to be displaying her with just because I think it's um, really <laughs> special. Um, the paint on both of them is absolutely beautiful. Uh, and the other thing which I – had no inkling of until I got this figure is that her little uh, jester ears are articulated. Oh, cool. I know. It's so awesome. And like, you know, and when you think about the different ways that that can be displayed, like one up, one down, da, 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 and they're not, that they're kind of ball jointed. So it's, you, you can angle them as well. It's just, it is uh, so clever. So beautifully done. Um, <clears throat> the, I think really good choices in terms of what is fabric and what is sculpted. So she's got the sculpted bodysuit. Um, she comes with a corset, which I immediately took off. 
Um, I don't. That get... was the extra, wasn't it? No, no, no. The... That wasn't the exclusive. No, no, the exclusive. This is, I didn't get the exclusive because I got this from Pop oh, Culture. Okay. Um, so because I did, I didn't. This is you know, it was still in my oh no, I'm not going to get these phase. Mm. Uh, um, so the I didn't order them from Sideshow. Um, the exclusive was a knife. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, one of the things that really struck me about this was you know really good choices in terms of you know bodysuit fabric, but then the the head is all sculpted. You know, no fabric. The her little collar is plastic. The cuffs are plastic. The boots, which are beautifully sculpted, um, are plastic. And so you know, kind of good choices in terms of. The, the different materials. She comes with a boatload of accessories. She has got her mallet, which is beautifully sculpted, and on one end of it has a Your Face Here sign, which is just hilarious. And then she also comes with a gun that is like a cork pop gun um and the cork actually pops out which is um really funny the and then she comes with as i said her base before um which is a, a very nicely painted base that says look up and smile on it with lots of blood spatters and she also comes with a um sorry her boots before like i said are are customized and they have kapow engraved on the soles which is very cute and then she has a, a whole bunch of hands now of course with harley's costume being the the red and black effect it's got red right hands and black left hands so we have um, four extra left hands and three extra right hands. Um, and, uh, another thing that I, I commented on with Darth Vader was that unlike some of the Hot Toys hands, which sometimes feel a bit like, yeah, these all kind of can do the same thing. So why do I have so many? Each of these hands has got a separate purpose to them in terms of holding some, either the mallet or the gun. But then she has a hand that has a syringe, um, of Joker juice, um, sculpted into it. So it's not just like a little syringe that could go astray, mm. but it's actually sculpted in, which is very clever. Um, she has another hand that has got a, a brass knuckle fist with the haha engraved on it. Um, which is, you know, really clever. And as I said before, the Sideshow exclu- side exclusive version um, came with a kind of funky butcher's knife. Um, in terms of the articulation, she's got all of the, I don't, I haven't actually counted points, I must confess, um, but she's got the kind of standard articulation that you would expect from a um, one-six scale figure. Um in terms of, I guess, the, the issue that I have had with this, first of all, the mallet is a very heavy prop. And so in terms of how you might envision that Harley would hold her um, mallet, you've got limited options here. Basically, she either ha- it has to be down at her side or over her shoulder because her arms are not strong enough to hold it out or even holding it the two like both hands grasping onto it um they will just kind of uh collapse um so that that was a little bit of a 
frustration. It took a while to kind of work that out. And I had to look at some photos to see how she was posed and saw that, oh, she's always posed with it either over a shoulder, which works, you know, that's fine. But kind of some of the traditional poses you might expect of her kind of, you know, holding it up or like about to whack somebody or even just holding it in front of her with two hands, not going to happen. Um, the other issue that I had is that on the plus side, uh, her hands all come with uh, their own little sets of um, ball joints like Darth Vader's, although these actually come in a little plastic bag and you've got to apply them yourself, but still better than having to share the one set. Um, the On the other hand, her hands and her boots pop off way too easily. Okay. Um, I don't know why the boots come off because there's no extra feet. Um, so I, I, I don't kind of get that, but just in trying to pose her a couple of times, a boot came off and in trying to, while I was faffling around with the, um, mallet before I finally realized that it was never going to happen. Um, her black hand kept coming off and at one stage I thought I'd lost it and then realized that it was actually still holding onto the mallet. <laughs> <laughs> After I was like on my hands and knees, searching around on the carpet, you know, looking for a black hand, I looked at the mallet and went, oh my God. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, minor complaints, but just in terms of, you know, construction, her, the, the elbow joints are pretty loose. Um, you know, she, she's doesn't have a lot of kind of strength to hold props and that affects posability. Mm. Um, the other thing as well is I, I like the fact that the cuffs around her wrists are done in plastic, but they're also um, just held on by the hand. So whenever the hand pops off, the cuff pops off as well. Uh, okay. Yes. Mm. So um, if you were like, I will find a pose that I like and display this and never touch it again, mm. um, except for dusting, of course. <laughs> and so that's fine. But if you were, you know, really wanted to play with your dollies, then that could be a bit of an issue. I, I love both of the uh, heads, as I said before. Um, they're really, really nicely done. I cannot complain about the paint. Um, on either the heads or the accessories at all. It's incredibly clever. Um, I love the way that they've managed to make the mallet look used. And even when you look at the, you know, your face here, um, painted on, it also, it's painted on, but it looks like it's been used a fair bit since it was painted on. It's, <laughs> it's just it's got a bit of wear on it and it's, um, it's, uh, very well done. I wonder though if they could have made it a bit lighter, um, mm. to then make it easier for her to hold it in different ways because the, the mallet itself seems to be, uh, I'm feeling it now. It's not completely solid, but it's obviously just made out of that kind of material. So I'm going to give this an eight out of 10 and the losses in points are for um, the looseness of the hand and ankle joints, and then also just for the mallet issue, because I kind of feel like yeah. it's something that, you know, you should be able to use more flexibly than than what you can use. But 
I am actually rather in love with this piece. Um, yeah, it, it looks a lot of fun just looking at your photos and your Flickr link, and um, it just all all the extras work. You know, there oh, doesn't yeah. seem to be anything redundant. You know, no. the mallet, the gun, everything works. Yeah, the the different head sculpts are just gorgeous. Yeah, yep. it, yeah, they've nailed it. And just even things like the being able to arrange the tassels on her little head in in different ways can just totally kind of change her expression. Mm, you know, mm. like it's just I'm I'm just been kind of fiddling with them now while I'm chatting to you and found a different kind of pose that like oh, I love it. Um so beautifully, beautifully done. Um Andy Brokholtz and is one of the sculpt credits, um, along with Paul Harding. And uh but Andy Brokholtz, you know, is a I think it has done a lot of stuff for um, various companies and I can kind of see a bit of his uh, work in this. Um, even like her little, her eyelashes are sculpted. Um, the, the, the eyelashes on the winking eye stick out and uh, it is very, very clever. So I'm excited for the, this line. And uh, I, I, what I hope is that, and, and I, I feel pretty confident in, in Sideshow that we will, uh, get some depth to this. Like I, w- I want this to go beyond the, you know, the characters that you always expect to get to a few of the characters that are a bit more, wow, yeah. you know, a red tornado or, you know, something like that would just be awesome. So yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it just gives you a lot of faith in what's yet to come. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, the output too is such that you know, were getting a fair few of these in the first year. Um, so I hope that that will continue. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, very exciting. Very exciting. Beautiful. Very nice. All right. Well, when we come back, it'll be time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Well, red carded is a moment to ask why. Sometimes it is why, oh, why. Uh, but it is the time where we point out um, something that perhaps is not what it should be out there in the toy universe. And Ben is handing out our red card this week, so I shall hand over to you, Ben. Thank you very much. Um, one of the things I've managed to do over the, the last 12 months or so is resist the urge to get too deep into the world of the Funko Pop vinyls. Um, seeing all the Marvel characters coming out, I've certainly been tempted. I've picked up a couple like Ghost Rider, uh, etc. And I was actually quite surprised the other day when I went to my local comic shop and noticed all the early Marvel figures were sort of back in stock at my comic shop, uh, those, you know, starting with number one. And uh, then I realised that Funko have obviously made a commitment to making sure a lot of the earlier figures um, maintain sort of that uh, that availability status, um, which I think is is really nice because once you you know get far enough along in say you know say Necker's Predators line, it's it's pretty hard for shops to get hold of say Series One. So the fact that these are still around, I think, is a, a testament to the company in in sort of maintaining. That, um, <laughs> that stranglehold uh, of the industry. Um, so uh, I found myself coming home with Captain America, 
Um, not that unusual for me, being uh, a favourite character of mine and uh, putting him next to Ghost Rider and thinking, hmm, yeah, maybe, just maybe I might pick up one or two more next time I'm there. So um, I uh, went off to my local comic shop and and had a good peruse of their pop vinyls and, you know, I found Iron Man and a couple of others in in that that very, very early series, the brown costume Wolverine. Um, But just as I was sort of reaching for them and deciding which one to pick up that week, I ended up putting Iron Man back on the shelf because he had an atrocious paint job, absolutely atrocious paint job. Um, It is the original red and gold armour, and where the top of his helmet, the the red part sort of um, forms that widow's peak, um, the paint had actually come off because it had touched the the window, Um, which, you know, the way they're packaged, you would actually think that that would be quite difficult so he's obviously moved in the packaging but it was then that i noticed that where the the two colors meet the the slop was incredibly bad and i thought that was really quite unfortunate because i was um looking forward to adding you know iron man to to my collection um so you know i I kept moving along and uh, i found the hulk and i thought oh okay no worries um i'm happy to add the the hulk to my collection oh hang on a second um and then i was completely taken aback by what can only be called Gertie on her worst <laughs> possible day. Um, you know, we, we've joked in the past about how Gertie is a, a pretty lousy painter due to being six years old, mm. um, only having one eye and working in slave labour conditions. But um, she really, really was off her game on the day that she painted the Hulk because he has quite possibly the worst paint job I've ever seen on a figure, uh, <laughs> on, on a mass-produced figure. Um, the, the Hulk is fairly simple. Um, he doesn't have a lot of detail. Uh, you know, he, he has that, that head with the black hair and effectively he is just, um, cast in green plastic. And the only real detail on his body is the fact that he's wearing shorts, which have, you know, some little sort of, um, ridges to indicate that, um, they're ripped pants. And so, you know, there's not a whole lot you have to do to get this figure out of the door. But the main thing you have to do is paint his pants purple. Um, I I don't know what was going on in this particular day, but the person has dipped the paintbrush in the purple paint, um, stood back, took a uh, a running um, approach, slapped the paint on on the way past before heading out the door to go home because um, there's no way someone sitting at a desk uh, in a factory or or whatever the conditions could have actually done a, a, a... a worse job like this Mm. is just horrendous um the figure actually you can see where the top of his waist is um so where the 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 pants sort of meet the um the torso you can see where the pants at the bottom have the little ridges uh and they join where his um his knees are and this person has really just slopped the purple paint across the front and then just moved on to the next figure. Um, mm. They haven't really attempted to um, reach the bottom of the shorts where it, it meets his leg. They haven't attempted to carefully detail along the top of the pants where it reaches the torso. Um, and I, I took a photo, which you know, you'll know you hopefully see in the enhanced podcast, but um, I should have taken another photo because that that is it for the entirety of the paint. Ooh, um, there was There was no paint on the sides of the figure. If you could look, 
you know, through the side, uh, it's just green. They, they've made no attempt to do the sides. They've just slapped it across the front and moved on. Uh, and what's worse is the purple paint that is actually there um, has brush strokes through it. So, you know, you can actually see the green coming through in, in certain areas. Um, yeah, and look, I know that the, the Funko Pop vinyls don't have a high price point. Um, you know, it's not a high-end item, but um, they just didn't even try with these. So, you know, what, what this means for me is, is I have a, a serious reluctance now to order pop vinyls through the mail. Um, you know, this isn't the sort of thing that I'm going to jump on the net and order three or four figures because it, this is the sort of quality that's coming out. I don't want to take my chances that some of my figures are going to turn out like this. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, the amount of Funko news we do each and every week on the podcast, you were probably thinking that um, they were actually uh, paying our bills, uh, <laughs> and they're not. <laughs> they're not. Because uh, this week, Funko, uh, you're getting our red card. Fair enough. we got to call it like we see it. Damn straight. Damn straight. Well, damn straight. After that, we will be back with our discussion topic of the week. Spider-Man's getting ready to rumble. Oh, no. It's Doc Ock, Venom, and the Green Goblin. Fantastic action coming up. Take that, Green Goblin. Bam! Must get out of Venom's trap. Quack! Time to get out of here. Catch you later, Doc Ock. Brand new Spider-Man action figures. Out now. Well, for our discussion topic this week, we're going to keep it nice and relaxed. We're going to have a bit of an armchair look at the world of the premium format statue. Now, last time I did a duet on the show, Justin and I had a uh, pretty relaxed look at Marvel Legends. We decided to uh, throw caution to the wind and just have a good old chat about something we both enjoy. So this week we're doing exactly the same thing. And uh, Scott and I do enjoy our premium format statues. So uh, I just wanted to have a bit of a, a sit down and, and chat with Scott in terms of what is happening in the world of those high-end figures. And uh, it's it's been quite interesting. And uh, I don't know about you, Scott, but when I first started picking up premium format statues it was uh, the odd statue here the odd statue there 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 wasn't a lot of output happening from sideshow and you know i I didn't feel the need to sort of um you know commit to a line or or anything like that it was just the odd statue would come out i think it would Hmm. be nice and uh, i'd put in my order but recently sideshow's output has just gone through the roof um, they are soliciting premium format statues almost on a weekly basis mm. across uh, a number of brands. But um, with the introduction of DC Comics to their licenses, uh, I feel like the um, you know there's a, an extra level of, of pressure put upon me by these guys to spend even more money. And um, yeah, it's it's just going berserk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that that in itself is changing, has changed my habits in terms of, you know, what I'm prepared to, to buy. Um, you know, I was, I would talk before, earlier in the episode and I've talked before about, you know, I changed my kind of tack. I had, uh, quite a few Marvel female premium formats and I made a financial decision to sell those to pay for house stuff, which uh, with the new house, which I've not regretted. Um, you know, the DC stuff at the moment, besides Lobo, you know, I've ordered everything. Um, but you know, I do, I do kind of wonder how long, depending on how deep that goes, how long I can keep that up. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So it is, uh, I mean, obviously they are, they are doing well and they are making good money from it and they're making a really good product. Um, but it is, uh, something that I can't imagine anyone could possibly afford to be completest in, in terms of, um, all the stuff they're putting out. Absolutely. And I think the, the thing for me that, that, that's really blowing me away is just the, um, I guess the, the level of perfection that, that goes into these statues, they continue to produce pieces that I, I, I'm just completely blown away with. Um, now I think to give you the, the best example is when a DC licence was picked up, we, we all got a bit excited about, you know, what could possibly um, be, be coming our way. And, you know, we obviously got the Joker first up. And uh, as we've moved through, you know, we've obviously seen some of the major um, heroes such as Batman and Superman. But when I found out that Sinestro was coming up for pre-order, I sort of thought... Yeah, I don't know. How, how, how deep am I going to commit to this line? I, I do really like Sinestro as a villain, but, you know, uh, was I only going to get the big seven, you know, put together a Justice League? Do I really want to go down the path of some of those sort of lower-tier villains and, and heroes? Um, and then, of course, the final solicitation came out for Sinestro, and I just went, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is just exquisite. Uh, exactly. They included the light-up components, um, and I just thought, I have to have this. It's it's just beautiful in every way. And hmm. so I've actually found myself, you know, committing to that 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 secondary and, and tertiary level of characters that I, I didn't think I would given the um, the prices of these things. Yes, I, I think that um, you know, one of the things that has made the, the DC stuff so far very hard to resist is that each piece um, – is a on its own is a, a really beautiful statue. Yeah, one thing that I have felt with some of the Marvel stuff is that, um, particularly for the price, because the price has continued to, you know, creep up. If you look at something like Spider Woman or, um, you know, even the the Jean Grey um, one that, that's been solicited. Yep, yep, great to have that in the line. But, you know, no kind of diorama piece or, you know, the, the, the stuff that you kind of would expect from a premium format statue. Um, the DC stuff is obviously still very new, but it seems to me to be um, being produced at that really higher level um, stuff in terms of really detailed bases, other mm. features, you know, light up stuff, etc. Um, you know, there's been nothing so far that has felt phoned in. Um, and yeah. so that's a, that's a plus, obviously. But, you know, the, the, that trend of, um, the prices trending up and up is obviously something that, um, is, uh, going to put pressure on a lot of collectors, I would imagine. Absolutely. And I think there's a certain mentality too of if, if I don't get it now when it's solicited, um, I'm going to miss out. It's going to sell out and it's going to go for huge bucks on the secondary market. And, you know, I've used that justification a number of times with, with exclusive editions. It's like, you know, mm, uh, you know, I could wait, you know, maybe pick it up, um, through a, a different, market and and maybe even try and get a better price because you know sideshow don't give any kind of a discount um 
And, you know, I still find myself going, oh, I just can't take the chance that I'm going to miss out. You know, exactly. I missed out, I missed mm-hmm. out on that, that very first Captain America statue and it, and it goes for 1500 bucks on eBay now. So, yeah, look, I'll, I'll just get it now and I'll, I'll worry about it later. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – uh, the, the secondary market for these things is something I don't quite understand, you know, in terms of the uh, – how quickly these inflate – um, the, the, and it seems to be, um, something that, uh, th- these, these products are immune to a lot of the uh, stuff that's happened to the secondary market. If you look at a lot of other lines and, and companies, um, these, these collectibles really don't hold their value, um, over time. Uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yet, you know, a lot of the Bowen stuff, um, you know, there are certain pieces that are very hard to get and, um, that, uh, do very well in the secondary market, but, um, you know, the busts do not hold their value at all. Um, again, a few aside, um, but even a few of the statues, if you go and look on, um, the, you know, big bad site, you will find, uh, more recent Bowen statues that are on clearance. And, and, uh, yet the, the sideshow, obviously there's a bigger market. There are, um, for, uh, I guess the, the, you know, the characters that they do and just for the medium itself. But mm. I, I still don't get the, the incredible inflation, you know, of this. And, and I, I've, I've used it to my own advantage. You know, I sold those, um, the, the, the Marvel female premium formats. I had some of them for more than double what I paid for yeah. them, which yeah. blew me away. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the, the king of them all has to be the, uh, the Doctor Doom sitting on the throne, oh. uh, premium format statue. And there was one, it's actually on eBay as we speak, and it's three and a half thousand dollars. And there's something like 36 watches. Like hmm. th- 36 people have added that to their, their my eBay watch list. That's yeah, crazy. I, and I'm, I'm not <laughs> one of them. And I just, I, I couldn't even comprehend paying, you know, more than a thousand bucks for someone like that. But I, now I've never studied marketing and I don't profess to understand marketing, you know, very well. But, you know, there are things that Sideshow do which I, I think um, hurt them in, in terms of the way they, they go about these things. And one of the things they have a habit of doing, which frustrates me to no end, is um, we talked about it earlier in the news, and that is that they they'll send out a sneak peek, and you sort of go, "Oh, I didn't know that was coming," and then mm. a week later the solicitation is out and it's up for sale, and of course then you've got that whole panic about the exclusive version. Do I get it now? Do I risk you know missing out? Blah blah blah, and then you know inflation on the secondary market. So you know you're literally giving people uh, a week's notice to commit to something that starts at three hundred and fifty US dollars. <laughs> Um, you know, something like the Hulk, you know, you're looking at $550 for that piece. Um, thanks to things like San Diego Comic Con, we can often see some of the pieces well in advance. Um, uh, the apocalypse comes to mind. Um, we saw that well and truly in advance and, and it took, you know, several months before that was finally solicited. So if that was one that you were keen on, you could, you know, start to put down a dollar a day and, and get ready for it. But, um, you know, that, uh, we, we talked about the premium format Thor statue before. I had no idea that was coming. I, I yeah. had not even an inkling. Yeah. Then, there was the um the the preview you know sent to us in an email and a week later it was up for order 
Um, now, being a huge Thor fan, you know, I didn't want to miss out on the exclusive. So, yep, I pressed the button. But I, I, I don't understand the logic in, in that kind of marketing. I, I think, you know, most of us are either Marvel or DC fans. Um, but, you know, for a lot of us, like you and I, the, the split is, is not that big i mean you know i'm probably 55 45 marvel to dc so i'm inclined to be picking up statues from both of these um you know licenses and um not giving us any kind of notice is is pretty hard on the wallet indeed indeed i i mean i i wonder with some of this whether how much of that is by design and how much of it is um just the (laughs) unpredictability of timing with factories, etc. Um, that, you know, I, I mean, I know from just the insights that we've had from, uh, you know, other companies like Bowen that there are, they obviously deal with different factories and that they have got, you know, different output rates, etc. And that can impact on, um, how, how soon things come, you know, the, Sideshow is not the only company that, that does that. Um, but, we we certainly don't get good insights into some of these things just to um, build up anticipation for it. But probably the bottom line is they don't have to. Mm. Well, that's you know, right. They they, they they they're going to sell out anyway. Mm. So mm. they uh, some of these things. Um, you know, I think they could do a better job of some of that forward communication in terms of building interest, because particularly, you know, something like that Thor piece, which is just freaking outstanding. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, let, let's let's get people excited about that. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I guess they probably they don't need to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think something else that that's really hurting them in 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 this too uh, obviously we you know there's the increase in recommended retail price um, we're really starting to creep up to the the $400 mark for for most of the statues um, and certainly any of those that have any level of complexity um, swap out pieces and that sort of thing but um, something else too is the, the very nature of them means that the um, the, the packaging is quite large, and so you're looking at huge um, shipping costs as well. Um, you know, you'll certainly see when you get your Batman Premium format that because the cloak is actually uh, all one piece, it's not actually fabric, it's it's cast, um, it meant that they actually had to have a, a huge box in order to, you know, to put all the pieces in. So I was absolutely blown away by just how big the box was when it arrived. You know, it's, it's like it's four feet tall. It, it's it's a huge box, and with that comes uh, a significant cost for shipping. Uh, and so, you know, I, I was quite um, astonished to see that the shipping on the Batman statue was actually a third uh, of what it cost to buy. Uh, oh. And you know, that's because the Sideshow only used FedEx. Um, to, to ship internationally, um, which is great because you get your item in about five days. But, you know, with that kind of a price tag on it, um, these are luxury pieces now. Mm. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it, it speaks to just how much disposable income there is around, you know, in, yeah. in certain parts of the world. And, I mean, I'm guilty of that too. Um, that you know, But uh, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a good job and have – the <clears throat> entertainment budget that can manage some of this. But I think that the, um, the flex pay thing is a bit of a trap mm. in that too. And that yeah, in theory, you know, I think people can afford, 
you know, sure, I can afford that because it's spread out. But then if you look at, you know, how many things you could have on order at one time, um, it could get pretty sticky, um, let alone just the, then the extra um, jab with the shipping. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, I was thinking back through my recent orders and, uh, you know, if I go back to Sinestro, shortly after that was the premium format Hellboy statue, which, you know, to be fair, I knew well and truly in advance uh, that was coming. Um, but then, you know, we hot on the heels of that. I had the um, the Wonder Woman, uh, the Catwoman and, um, of course, Thor. Mm. And, yeah, it's the the flex pay I always think about it along the lines of, you know, when you go to a website and you go, I just want that one item, it's 30 bucks, but they're going to charge me $15 shipping. And then you see that sort of, you know, blurb across the top of the web page and it says, hey, spend $80 and get free shipping. And suddenly you're looking around the site for something else to justify, you know, getting free shipping because, well, if it's going to cost me $45 anyway... I might as well spend an extra thirty-five. You know. Yeah, and flex pay is exactly the same. You you spread out the cost of one of these statues over you know often twelve months. Um, you know that's how long some of these things take to actually ship, and so it's great you spread it over seven payments. But um, you know if you're one of those people who has seven premium format statues on flex pay, you're uh, you know effectively paying for one a month. So is there is there is it too much of a good thing, you know, that, that there's so many of these happening at the moment? Does the the volume of them being produced uh, kind of draw away from the the specialness or the quality of um, of this? Look, I I would love to justify one a month if they were blowing me out of the water with every every solicitation and to be honest they're actually not far from doing that yeah. I, I think Sinestro you know the more and more I look at the the, the images for Sinestro it's just perfection yeah. um, I really enjoyed you know Ethan Van Siver's kind of resurrection of um, Sinestro you know mm. with Jeff Johns um, and that's clearly the model that they've used for this particular version because he's in his Sinestro costume which I like much better than, you know, his his traditional sort of blue and purple one. Um, you know, the Hellboy is based on the Mike Mignola art and it's absolutely stunning with that that fabric trench coat. Wonder Woman, um, you know, this mm. is we're talking about the most glamorous woman on earth. She's gorgeous. Um, Catwoman was beautifully done. There was that that subtle, you know, sexiness about her. Mm. And of course Thor just looks like power incarnate and and you know, if if they can just keep hitting that um, that that accuracy that that I want to see. I mean, with the DC characters, they haven't felt the need to go to DC New. We're getting classic versions of the characters. Um, you know, when when you get your Batman, you'll you'll be completely blown away by just how exquisite it is. And so, you know, I, I find myself anxiously awaiting just who they're going to do next. I, I'm just. I think Aquaman, you know, Martian Manhunter, Flash, they're just going to be perfection. Absolutely. Uh, it's very exciting um, to see what's going to happen. Uh, but it is also a bit of a, I guess, a worry in that um, the, the pace is something I'm a bit scared about just in terms mm. of mm. managing the, 
the cost of it all, you know, like yeah, a, yeah. We, we've seen on one level, you know, you don't want a hot toy Star Wars situation mm. um, where, you know, you were waiting three years between Joker and something else. Um, mm. But then the, the pace that they've come at with the, the DC um, ones is something that you kind of think, uh, can I have a, can I have a break yeah. um, from what I'm, because I'm a bit scared about how much I could potentially be spending here if I'm not careful. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly the fact that they've gone to, to, you know, they haven't just gone straight out with the big seven. They've actually done people like Harley Quinn and um, Poison Ivy. Uh, So, for example, if they chose to do, uh, you know, no offence, Black Manta, um, mm-hmm. then I, I'd find no matter how beautifully that was rendered, that that would probably be a pass for me. Same goes for someone like Lex Luthor. Um, so hopefully they do do characters like that because then that does yeah. give me a bit of a break. Um, but then, on you know, on the offhand, if they end up doing someone like Deathstroke um, or, or even like a Doomsday, then, you know, I'm pressing that button. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, I think it's... Uh, um you know, it, it, I guess we just have to see. You know, everyone's going to have their own stopping point. You know, some people might say, right, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, I'm good. Um, and uh, that good on them, they've got better self-control than me. Mm. Um, but, you know, we just kind of, everyone has to play it by ear. You kind of take your hat off to them because, you know, they are doing some marvellous things. They have definitely got um, the, <clears throat> the, the, they've got some some very talented people um, yep. Yep. and working with them and um, they, they're not slipping in terms of, you know, the, the, the output. Um, definitely they had a bit of a patch of quality control issues um, mm. with, the, you know, a couple of the Marvel um, uh, ones rogue, you know, I think was probably a low point um, in terms of just, you know, number of people have been descend, uh, things back because of bad paint jobs, etc. Yeah. Um, but we certainly haven't seen um, anything of that proportion uh, lately, and it does feel like they've gotten on top of it. Um, I mean, you know, I, you're always going to have issues with paint. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. just the, the the nature of the beast. And um, you know, I, I saw some poison ivies that were better than others. I felt very fortunate with the one that I got. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, because I I definitely. Yeah, you know, so although I think you can you can obviously take pictures that highlight um you know, put things in a in a good light or a bad light too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's all a balance. Um yeah, you know, it's uh uh but but uh, I like overall it's exciting. I mean, you know, we're 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 being nitpicky and we're um, you know, obviously uh looking at both sides of the coin. Um but uh, yeah, it's definitely an exciting expensive space eating <laughs> line to collect. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we've had a, a good old chat and we've um, been good sipping away on our brandy. And uh, I guess, you know, in the future, if the podcast goes bi weekly, it's because you and I have had to get um, weekend jobs. <laughs> That's right. So. I have been sipping on my brandy, but I had a puppy handed to me in the middle of um, that discussion, <laughs> and he's sitting on my shoulder right now. Oh, because everybody else has gone to bed, but the puppy. Fair um, yeah, he's still my boy, so he <laughs> needs me. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our discussion topic, and uh, we'll come back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up. 
Beware the mutant-seeking sentinel. Target identified. Mutants apprehended. Want to mix it up, big boy? My adamantine claws will get rolled back. I've always had trouble with man. My optic blast will give him trouble. Firing projectile arc. Now, sentinel, you will be defeated. Sentinel robot playset and X-Men action figures, each sold separately. Well, before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And Scott, you have our feedback for tonight. I do. It's from our good friend Andy Bentley. Uh, He is responding to the uh, red card from episode 111, um, which, no, 112. What are we doing now, 113? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so from 112, uh, where we gave a red card to Hasbro for not being at G.I. JoeCon, and he says, to elaborate on the red card, the G.I. Joe brand team at Hasbro has been dismantled, so there isn't even anyone to send to the con. So, mm. yeah, we did know that, but we probably didn't talk, say that at the uh, on the the um, the segment, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is pretty scary. You kind that's of wonder what is going on. That's quite sad. It's very sad. Mm. Very sad. We we you know we were um, just uh, giving them a hard time for not doing something for the 50th anniversary of GI Joe, and mm. not only did they not go, but they dismantled the team. So nice one, Hasbro. <laughs> Good work. Good, <laughs> Good work. work. All right, we I did think it. That brings us to a close. The dynamic duo strikes again. Hooray! Hooray! Right. And goodbye. I'm gonna log off and go and hide Easter eggs. Oh yeah. I'm going to cuddle a puppy. (laughs) Good night, Argentina. Good, yeah, good night, Argentina. (laughs) Bye-bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter, at AFBlues, and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. That wraps up the. Uh, oh, for Christ's sake! Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. It's uh, never stopped you before. Hundred and thirteen episodes, and I'm still talking crap. <laughs>